Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the reason why I'm, I'm putting this in is because today as Muslims, unfortunately, and I'm not being stereo-minded here and saying all Muslims, but in fact we see the youth. They talk about visions and missions and goal setting from the Western books. You know, Kovi said this in the Seven Habits. And Peter Songa said this in his book. And Josh Kaufman says this in that book. And have you read a Tipping Point? Or so on and so forth. Then they will cite for you literature. And they are proud of what they've read. Because definitely it does help us become high net worth individuals. But understand, O oh brother and O oh sister, that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us about this first. Time management, having a mission, goal setting, vision, so on and so forth, was set by Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So I must throw these points in to understand that it is the Quranic instruction to have a vision. For this was the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is prevalent in many, many pages of the seerah. There are countless examples of this. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's vision was what? For Islam to touch the four corners of the world. He was sent to do what? To spread the message. And he wasn't sent to the Arabs only. So we find in the seerah, he's making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant the Islam of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu Very early in Mecca, when Umar radiallahu was in charge of his people, and he came up with the suggestion in Darul Nadwa, that anyone who accepts Islam, we will persecute them, so that others can be deterred from the concept of accepting the message of Muhammad. Who did this? Umar. And this same Umar, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is making a dua for his Islam. Can you see a visionary? After Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away in Abu Bakr, who took the reins of the Ummah? Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. And how many countries did Islam enter? Subhana rabbi al-a'la. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a visionary. In Hudaybiyah, when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam signed the treaty with the Quraysh, even though the points looked to be supportive of the Quraysh and not supportive of the Muslim agenda. Do you remember? The points at Hudaybiyah, where the Quraysh set criterion that there's no Umrah this year, it's next year. And set criterion that anyone who accepts Islam or comes to you from us, you will send them back. And anyone who comes to us from you, we will keep them. And so on and so forth. These were points Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam signed on this. And even Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, who was known as a man of ra'i, and a man of vision, right? And a man of seeing things long term. He was upset as to how this was signed. He felt that this was a win on, part, on the part of the mushrikun, the idolaters. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the visionary, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He knew what he was doing. Such a visionary that after signing this treaty of Hudaybiyah, he went back to Medina and started sending letters to the different civilizations. The kings of different civilizations, inviting them to Islam, La ilaha illallah. But you know, someone would say, but just now you signed something that put the baton in the hands of the Quraysh, the idolaters, and now you're writing letters to other civilizations, he was a visionary. What he signed was the means of Mecca being open to the Muslims later on. 
Subhanallah. And this is a fact. This is a fact. Because we know that those who came from Mecca to accept Islam, they were sent back. But they didn't want to go back. So they set up a position in between. A new sort of, if we can call it city. It wasn't a city, but it was a place where they stayed together. Right? And this didn't work in the favor of the Quraysh. Because their caravans would cross this area to do trade and so on and so forth. This is a visionary, subhanAllah. He signed that treaty. And after signing, he's sending da'wah to the rest of the world. At Khandaq, when they were digging, and they came across this rock that they couldn't break. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam picks up this axe. And or this utensil, and strikes this rock with Bismillah. And he says, Allahu Akbar, the keys of Sham are ours. Subhanallah. We're digging a trench, we're trying to fight the, we're trying to protect ourselves from the Quraysh, we're about to be attacked by the confederates, by the Ahzab. And Subhanallah, Allahu Akbar, we've got the keys of Sham. Where is Sham and what are we trying to do right now? Subhanallah. And then he strikes it again. And he says, Allahu Akbar, Persian, Persia is ours. And he says, by Allah, I can see the palaces. La ilaha illallah. And then he strikes it for a third time. And he says, Allahu Akbar, the keys of Yemen are ours. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. We're digging a trench to protect Medina from a great army. And here we're talking about other civilizations coming under the constituency of Islam? Yes. He was a visionary. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. And when did these places come under the control of the Muslims? Before the death of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam or after the death? After the death of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He was nurturing his people. He was saying the right things at the right time because he knew what his purpose was. He knew the legacy he wanted to leave behind. So everything was happening in progress. He was making dua for certain people to be from amongst the Sahaba. And them as Sahaba, he was working with them in a particular way. It wasn't a case whereby years went by and all of a sudden the realization came. And now in a rush format, he's trying to rectify it. La, he was the perfect visionary sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we learn from this that, you know what? A vision is not something that you and I have to achieve in our life. It can be something that is achieved after we pass away. But it's something we should coin whilst we are alive. It's something we should coin whilst we are alive. So brothers and sisters, this is where productivity starts. It's by having a vision. It's by having a vision. And walillahi alhamd, Allah has made things easy for us. Because He's given us iman. And iman dictates our vision for us. For as Muslims, our vision is what? To end up in Jannah. To have a grave which is a garden from the gardens of Jannah. To have a place underneath the arsh of Ar-Rahman on the day of Qiyamah. To have our books of deeds in our right hands on the day of Qiyamah. This is the vision for a believer who believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the last day. And when this vision is set, our missions become clear to us. Everything we do is a mission. Our missions become clear to us, brothers and sisters. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described this mission. And that mission is al-ibadah. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَمَا خَلَقُتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah says mankind and jinkind were not created except to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is the mission This worship leads to the vision we want And the vision which the sharia has set for us And tawheed has set for us The prize that is synonymous with belief in one Allah And following the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Jannah The mission is ibadah. And when I say ibadah, I'm not talking about salah and zakah and hajj and fasting the month of Ramadan. No. I'm talking about the meaning of ibadah in its totality. Ismun jami'un li kulli ma yuhibbuhullah. The universal term that describes everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Your jogging in the morning can be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A mother preparing breakfast for her family can be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A husband going to work can be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that which is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ibadah. Is ibadah. This is what we're talking about. Becoming high impact. Having a purpose behind everything you do. Going to university can be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Attending a program can be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Purchasing clothes, shopping can be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who would have thought? The cake we put in the oven which we forgot about and burnt, that could also be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَهَلُمَّ جَرَّهُ وَعَلَى هَذَا فَقِسُ You can mention any act in your life, brothers and sisters. It can be made into an ibadah. But where does it start? By having a vision. When you always in touch with the legacy you want or the prize you want to attain and the legacy you want to leave, everything you do has a purpose, a real purpose behind it. You're not the person who drives around aimlessly. You're the person buying the train ticket or the plane ticket because you know where you want to go. You have perspective in your life. And subhanallah, we're all looking for perspective. You have perspective. You know where you are, and you know where you're going, and you know how to get there. That's perspective. It starts with the vision, brothers and sisters. So this ibadah transcends the, the pillars of Islam. If somebody says, I'm going to work, why? Because I want to earn halal sustenance to feed my family halal. This is an ibadah. A wife in the home, a mother in the home prepares dinner for her family. For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? She's always in touch with her core self. And he is always in touch with his core self. They know why they're doing things. We're not just doing it for the sake of it. Remember my introduction. Anyone who does something for the sake of it is blameworthy. Is blameworthy. Why am I doing it? To feed my family. That's a reason. But you're a Muslim. You should have a high impact purpose. Why else are you doing it? See with the lens of the akhirah, not just the lens of the dunya. Yes, it's to feed my family in terms of the lens of the dunya, but also to earn my jannah and build my jannah 
and to do that which is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A husband is kind, smiles to his wife, subhanallah. Why are you smiling to your wife? So she loves me more. Yes, that will happen inshallah. That's the purpose of the dunya. But think about it with the, with the lens of the akhirah. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us that smiling to my family is a sadaqah. You see how you become a person of action? Of true action, a high net individual. He taught us it's a sadaqah. Subhanallah. I'm smiling because I'm, I want sadaqat. Right? I want sadaqat. Yes, the net result is your wife will love you more inshallah. Or your husband will love you more. Remember we said the differentiate between the means to the end and the end. Differentiate between the means to the end and the end. We are here not as an end, as a means to the end. What's the end? The worship of Allah. Would you smile? at your wife or your family, the end is the sadaqah. Yes, but the smile is the means to it. Don't make the smiling the end. <laughs> because you're a believer who Allah has blessed with Islam. When you accept Islam, every second of your life is a way to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want to earn a million, that can be beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go and earn that million. Go make it two million. As long as it's a means to the end, then you have a noble end in mind. Because you will see how this vision keeps you as a high net worth person. It won't be that the two million made you arrogant because you had a purpose behind going for the two million. Is it clear? I think we've shared enough examples. It's a more technical discussion. I was telling the brothers earlier that, you know what? When we talk about visioning and, and, and these kind of topics, it does have a sort of technical attribute to it. Instead of the normal iman boosting talks that communities love to hear, but by Allah, for me this is iman boosting. For me to leave this hall knowing that those in attendance will go home and become high impact individuals. By Allah, this is iman boosting. I was telling our brothers that idea yesterday when I was consulting with them. I said, brother, if... The Ummah got together and said, on this day and on this time, we will all jump. What do you think will happen if two billion Muslims jump at the same time? What do you think will happen? The earth will shake. The earth will shake, wallahi. The earth will shake. Now I'm not saying physically shake, right? But I'm saying that there will be an impact. Wallahi, there will be an impact. This is unity. This is everybody doing things in tandem. Not in random. Right? In tandem. Doing things with a purpose. If all the Muslims woke up every day and lived their lives with a purpose, by Allah you will see a difference on the face of this earth. By Allah you will see ease coming to the ummah. Because remember my earlier statement, when you sin, it transcends. You can help those suffering in Syria and in Egypt and in the different parts of the world by becoming a better Muslim. You can do your part now by leaving a sin. By Allah, that one sin you leave will be a means of ease there. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. We want ummah, brothers and sisters. We're not an ummah of me, myself and I. We're an ummah of selflessness. Not selfishness. You know, selling fish, one pound fish. We are ummah of selflessness, not selfishness. And this was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is what he represented, selflessness. When he was passing away, he's saying, My ummah, my ummah, la ilaha illallah. As-salatu as-salah. He's calling to, he's passing away, but he's throwing out instructions. 
He's not talking about the pain and the sakarat and so on and so forth. He's talking about the ummah. He was selfless. On the day of Qiyamah, he's going to be searching for this ummah. He's going to be wanting to give water from his house to this ummah. And he's going to tell the angels who are removing those that he thinks are people of his ummah. From the while, he's going to be saying, why are you doing this? Only to be told that you don't know what they did after you. And the question begs to be asked, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, what did you do after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? What did you do after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? The question begs to be asked. Brothers and sisters, yes, go home today, but don't sleep before you ask yourself a few questions. And write them down. And make it a point that from today, I'm going to work towards fulfilling the answers to these questions. This is the start and the minimum level. And it starts with, how can I be from the best to my parents? And how can I be the best to my spouse? And how can I be the best parent? And how can I be the best employee or employer? And how can I be best to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Which starts with what? Adopting the primary role that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with. And that was da'wah. That's the best way to start improving our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In following the role that he gave to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes, we can all be du'at. I'm not saying invite to everything. But by Allah, you have to invite to that which you know. Walau ayah, as the Prophet sallallahu said. Spread something from me, even if it's one ayah. We know la ilaha illallah. We know Muhammadur Rasulullah. But how many sit next to us in class that we haven't bothered sharing the message with? How many neighbors do we have? And we haven't shared them this tawheed. We haven't shared with them. We haven't gifted them this gift of tawheed. Or the message of tawheed at least. I'm not asking us to convert. For Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was not asked to convert. But he was asked to convey. Convey brothers and sisters. To that which you know. And the minimum you know is the shahada. Convey to it. Because Islam has taught us to marry knowledge with action. To marry knowledge with action. And the action of knowledge is to invite to that knowledge. Yes, and practice that knowledge, no doubt. But to propagate it. So ask yourself, how can I better my relationship with Allah? Which starts with this da'wah. How can I better my relationship with Allah? Which also starts with adopting the qualities of the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. And as we said, it was the quality of selflessness. O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, I implore you to stand up and take your right as a believer. Take what is your right. And that is the right of being the best. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us everything that is the best. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us the best revelation via the best angel to the best prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the best language, the Arabic language in the best of all months, the month of Ramadan on the best of all nights, Laylatul Qadr in the best of all places, Makkah al-Bukarrabah And in this revelation, he said, You are the best of all people. La ilaha illallah. You are the best of all people. Why? Because you invite towards good and you prevent from evil and you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh, servants of Allah, what are you waiting for? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made you the best and gave you the best, never ever settle for anything mediocre. This is the message I leave you all in this city today with. Yes, we've taken some time. But let's not let this time go to waste. Let it translate into action that when I visit you next year, somebody tells me, Subhanallah, we opened a school. And the sisters say, we opened up, for example, a program which teaches, which gives baking classes to the sisters, for example, or management classes to the sisters, for example, or we're writing uh, curriculums for Islamic subjects, or we've started a hift madrasa for, for the girls, or the males come up with also, uh, alhamdulillah, active and proactive projects. This is what we've done. We, during the course of this year, we got together and we did a march to raise money for cancer for example. Yes, by Allah, we are the best and Allah has declared us to be the best, but we have to take the means of being the best. And this is this Amr bil Ma'roof, al-Munkar, and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inviting towards good, preventing from evil, and inviting to Allah and walking the walk. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent as a mercy to mankind. Why are we not merciful to mankind, to, to the creation, to the animals, to the environment? We should have programs that are green friendly. Sahih, we should. The Muslim should be standing out for protection of the environment, and protection of life, and protection of health, and so on and so forth. What have we done? And I end off with that question. What will the Ummah miss if we were to pass away? If we were to pass away, will the Ummah miss us? If you were to leave Bath or pass away, what would Bath miss with your departure? That's the question I leave us with. Barakallahu feekum. I love you all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything correct said is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He's perfect and any mistakes are from myself and shaitan. I apologize for the lackluster audio. As I said, I am suffering from some allergies. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant cure. But there was no way that we would postpone this talk. It had to happen. I take this talk as a means of my cure, insha'Allah. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive any mistakes. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our mistakes. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us an extended life in His obedience. Not to take us from this world except when He is happy with us. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for the minutes and the seconds and the hours and the days and the weeks and the months and the years we've wasted in our lives. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us barakah in the remaining years of our life. That we become those people who practice those acts that are based upon clarity and vision. Those acts that are considered always high impact. And those acts that inshallah will make up for our lost past. Ameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Jannah with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and grant us Jannah together so we can discuss 
the active and proactive tasks we did in this dunya for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hada wallahu a'lam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajwa'id. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ad. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.